Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Wednesday, July 12th edition of the PFF Forecast. We are continuing with the all-elusive division betting previews. We've got the AFC North. On the docket for today, for Brad and I, we also have a conspiracy corner uh, at the end of the pod, which is going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great show. Well, let's rock. You uh, were talking to me about the Scottish Open, betting Scottish Open before this. Maybe we get some picks in that. But I, I have to know, did you bet any of Major League Baseball All-Star Weekend? I got to be honest with you. I didn't even know it was happening. Uh, I like turned on the TV, saw that they were doing the making a big deal, as they usually do, out of the Home Run Derby. Um, and then the All-Star Game itself, which is just you know the most boring thing on earth. Um, but did you find it in your degenerate self to bet it at all? Good baseball haters, as I think we've established that we both are. I do usually love the home run derby, but I'm with you. It it came out of nowhere. Like I think I was driving in the car, and all of a sudden I got someone was like, "Hey, Adley Rutschman," which was pretty cool, by the way, where he he went lefty and then righty and hit like six dongs in a row as a righty, yeah. which was probably cool. But but I had no idea it was happening until maybe it's my fault, but. For as much time as I spend on Twitter, I think I would have seen like an advertisement for the home run derby. Yeah, well, especially if you're hitting six dongs in a row, that's um, that's probably newsworthy content. Uh, yeah, I didn't see anything about it. Um, I also like, I think part of it, I don't, I didn't see any really notable names um, that that were doing it. You know, they didn't have like a Shohei or a. Like I, judge wasn't in it was he yeah, at least i didn't see that he was um so i don't know it's it's uh it's tough baseball is in a tough spot i'm shocked that the pitch clock did not solve all of baseball's problems um something that has a lot of power that may be able to solve baseball's problems by keeping you from betting on baseball is the pff printing press discord which is totally free to join and if you are looking for things to bet where you can actually feel confident and enjoy the thesis that you have you should go jump in there. They've got, got a lot of people that are betting WNBA. Ben Brown leading that charge with uh, his model. But people betting all sorts of things. I'm still searching, Brad, for the elusive uh, tennis um, you know, savant, tennis sharp. If you are a tennis sharp, if that, that'd be great if you could join um, by this weekend because I would love a reason to. I've been watching Wimbledon. I just don't really know like what to bet. 
Um, so I'm, I'm abstaining. But the link to join is in the YouTube uh, description, uh, the YouTube channel, which by the way, if you haven't uh, subscribed to, please do. It helps us uh, keep the show going um, and we'll help you find the show whenever you want. And we also tweet out the Discord link uh, with the uh, with the show on Twitter. Um, so definitely go go join that. We will be giving away, Brad. Maybe I should have led with this. We're going to be giving away merch every single Sunday. Uh, so I have got an order out for printing press hats. They're pretty sweet. They've got a printer emoji on them. Um, you People will ask you about them. You'll say, I can't tell you about it uh, or else I'd have to kill you. Um, and we'll be giving them away every Sunday up until the start of the season. So jump in and uh, get yourself a hat. We'll, we'll put some on sale as well. Um, so, okay. Uh, with that said, let's get into the AFC North. And as we did with the uh, AFC East, which we started with on Sunday, which you can go check out uh, if you haven't already, um, we're going to start with the just division odds. And then we'll talk about the interesting components and the different bets that we can place uh, across this division. So AFC North, as it stands right now, I'm pulling these from the DraftKings Sportsbook. Cincinnati Bengals are plus 150. The Baltimore Ravens are plus 220. The Cleveland Browns are plus 425 and the Pittsburgh, my Pittsburgh Steelers are plus 450. So to translate that into implied probability, the Bengals are 40%. The Baltimore Ravens are 31%. The Cleveland Browns are 19%. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 18%. Uh, If you have a percentage in your model or your mind that is higher than that, you should bet on that team to win the division or you have an, uh, an edge on betting that team to win the division. I'll also point out that you can bet particular season finishes. So you could bet, for example, the Baltimore Ravens to finish in second. So if you're running like a simulation at home, um, you know, you can kind of look at those probabilities. But I will shut up now, Brad. The question I have for you is which of these prices, which of these probabilities are the most off in your opinion and why? Yeah, I mean, I know you're not going to like this answer in any way, shape, or form. You already know where I'm going. But but look, I mean, I'm a simple man. I'm a dollars and cents individual. The most expensive roster in the entire NFL, not just in 2023, not just in 2024, but over the next three seasons is the Cleveland Browns. And they are plus 425 to win their own division. Yes, they're the Browns. Yes, there are still question marks. But for me, the Bengals, I think, are the class of the division. They should be the favorite. The Ravens, I think, similar to the Bills for me, I like the team, but they are fragile. And I think the fragility mm-hmm. there, particularly on defense, when I have concerns about Baltimore, um, I don't think their price should be as, as strong as it is. I get the positivity. I get some of the additions they've made. But their defensive line is kind of a question mark at this point. Their secondary is a bigger question mark, you know, outside of a couple studs um, uh, across that unit. There, there are certainly some questions at uh, number two corner. Uh, in the slot, etc. So, um, unless Kyle Hamilton plays there, but anyway, long answer short, it's my favorite division bet. I think it's by far the best value division bet on the board. Uh, ben Brown has has them winning ten wins in his projected model. He has them with the tenth easiest strength of schedule. They get the AFC South and the NFC West. Which the NFC West, yes, you get two tough games. You also get two very very easy games. With the AFC South, you get three easy games. They play the Bears. Um, I, I just, yeah, like they might not win it, but I think it is the best value divisional bet in the entire NFL right now. Are you, um, I guess, does this mean you've got your, your Jersey ready to go? Are you going to embody the the team? Do you have some threads to wear every weekend, uh, to dress up as, as, uh, the QB himself? 
No, definitely not. Definitely oh. not. I uh, maybe you know that long, long the, the the jersey with the a thousand names of quarterbacks on it is a more respectable jersey than that one. I'd rather have all fifty of those names than one. Um, but yeah, look, I got you know I got some friends that are that are dog pound members. The factory of sadness, they call it, if they're listening. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. it's another year of the factory of sadness. But they're doing all they can to be a good football team. Yeah, I, I was joking, obviously. Um, Brad is uh is a good human being, uh, unlike the quarterback of the team that you just mentioned. Um, but I have to I have to respect that call because. On paper, it's it's really really hard to make an argument that that's not the the obvious answer. If you compare, and I, I mentioned this the the last podcast, I like to compare teams in similar spots. The the Cleveland Browns having a nineteen percent chance to win this division, and the Pittsburgh Steelers having an eighteen percent chance to win this division, is bananas. Now, how do you get to that place? I think the only way you can get to that place is if you're like me and you look at the quarterback that's playing for the Browns and you go, this dude is a horrible person and karma's against him and he played worse than Jacoby Brissett last year and you can have a great supporting cast, but if your quarterback sucks that much, you are going to lose games and you're not going to have a chance at winning the division. But that said, the ceiling for Deshaun Watson is not that far off. You could argue just a couple of years ago, the ceiling for Deshaun Watson was higher than either Burrow or Jackson. And if he even approaches that, the strength of this team um, on both sides of the ball is commensurate, I think, with all the other teams out there. The biggest question mark to me about the Browns is the receiving core. But Brad, you know me. You know the level of detail that I go to for the printing press, for the people out there. It's not just the numbers that we capture on the field, which we, of course, look into. It is also what's happening off the field. And I've been an observer, Brad, of what Deshaun Watson is doing because of all of the allegations and all that stuff. I'm very interested. What's he like? What's his social media persona? All these different things. You know, he's he's got uh, a girlfriend that stuck with him through the allegations. It's a very interesting. I recommend people checking it out because it's interesting the the kind of things that he is posting and things obviously he, he's not one thing that he did post he and his girlfriend and amari cooper and his girlfriend went out and enjoyed a nice dinner together it seems that they are tight i see amari cooper this is the rejuvenation of amari cooper a guy that has killed man coverage we talked about him as one of the most underrated receivers out there he played well last year if if Deshaun Watson didn't suck, I think we'd all be talking about Amari Cooper, a guy that was a number one, a bona fide number one wide receiver just a couple of years ago. And, and by all, I mean, it's not like he's, you know, had some career ending injury. So while that seems like a weakness, I think it could turn into a really good duo and they could have a really good connection if, if you know, what I'm observing on social media or any indication. And that to me really does put them over the top. I guess quarterback like is quarterback the question mark is that the reason they're at 19 percent, or is there something that i'm missing i think well first of all i was as as confident that you were going to hate the pick for the you know i hate the, i mean i'm being facetious but i also knew that juxtaposing their odds with the pittsburgh steelers was also going to be your biggest proponent <laughs> why point. you liked it i knew that was coming <laughs> the entire time but 
I do think people also have questions, and I know you'll agree with me on this, about their defense. And, look, they were 17th in EPA uh, EPA per play allowed last year, in particular horrible against the run, and something I pulled before the show that I thought was interesting. Um, they were actually 12th in success rate allowed. So allowing some explosives, I think, was the bigger issue than being bad on a down-by-down down basis. But you and I know that, A, that is, you know, there there is variance there. They also made massive expenditures pretty much exclusively on the defensive side of the ball. They were horrible against the run in particular. They should get a lot of health back at the linebacker core. You add Dalvin Tomlinson, who has had a run defense grade above 70 every season of his career um, into the fold mm-hmm. there. I think that's a question mark, too. And, and for me, people, that this is where you ignore, like, who they played last year and who their division is. They faced a pretty good slate of opposing quarterbacks. Yes, they lost to Joe Flacco and a couple other you know, games, but but like that, mm-hmm. if you break it down, the defense is pretty talented, and and they added more talent. Um, and I think people are over overestimating how much that's going to matter in twenty twenty three. The the reason that we talk about defense, um, quote, not mattering. I don't want to get into this, but when we did bring that up, um. The, the reason for that is not that it doesn't matter, but that it's very hard to predict. And so if you are making a case on something because of, you know, what you've seen in the past about a defense, there's so many factors that you have to take into consideration. It's very hard to predict. We actually talked about this with the Dolphins uh, last week. They have a ton of new pieces. Thinking their defense can be anything similar to what it was last year is just insane, right? And th- I think the same is true with the Browns for a few reasons. Um, I'm I'm looking to pull this up as we do this, but to my Ward was injured last year. Am I right in saying that? Um, I feel like they yeah. had a fair number of injuries, and um, you know I, I think that there's a lot that we are probably underestimating a little bit with how well that they have drafted over the course of the years as well, and they've invested in that in that secondary. So if they get a little bit better variance there. Um, you know, it'll be a solid defense. Um, the other thing that I think is noteworthy, and this is not a Browns podcast, so we can transition into talking about the other two teams at the top and the Steelers as well. There is this, they play well against the Bengals, you know, kind of, uh, situation that will help them, uh, I think. And they match up nicely, I think against the Bengals, if anyone does, um, because of, you know, the strengths that they have, particularly with, you know, Miles Garrett, for example, against the kind of not great, um, offensive line that, that the Bengals have, but they also have some strong, uh, corners and some strong, uh, strong players in the secondary. And I think that is, you know, obviously going to be extremely crucial. And here's the interesting thing. Uh, Denzel Ward had his lowest graded season of the year by, a, uh, of, of his career by a mile. He was the 11th highest graded corner in 2021. He was 88th last year. So, you know, it, it speaks to, you know, it, it looks like he played, you know, uh, he got injured in week, uh, I think five it was. Um, he didn't come back till week 10, but, you know, was probably not himself for the entirety of, of the season because that grade is just totally different than what you would expect. And we know that there's a lot of variance uh, when it comes to uh, cornerback play. Strong defensive line, as we mentioned, and the offensive line really, really strong. I mean, their lowest graded offensive player was Deshaun Watson last year, if you look at their starting lineup. So, you know, I, I think it really does go to show. But let's talk a little bit about the Bengals and the Ravens, though. How do you how do you kind of compare and contrast those teams in relation to 
uh, themselves and also the Browns. Yeah. So the Ravens and I'll, I'll tie it to the Browns. Just one last thought. Um, th- these markets are not out yet, but coordinator of the year. I think there's one on both sides of the ball. Maybe there's just one, but anyway, I think there's going to be a narrative behind Jim Schwartz in Cleveland. If their defense gets much better, even though a lot of it will be health. And I also think in Baltimore, if this offense comes out and is flying, that Todd Munkin is going to be a very popular offensive coordinator or coordinator of the year pick. So my, my thoughts with Baltimore is, is I do think it is a very talented roster. Um, they now have seven guys making at least $14 million a year, second in the NFL. They obviously have the highest paid player in NFL history now, Lamar Jackson. I mentioned earlier the defensive line, you lose Calais Campbell, um, you lose Justin Houston, and yeah, they played like 400 snaps each last year, but they were impact snaps. And now you have rookies and sophomores pretty much across your entire defensive line or third-year players, like it's all rookie contract guys. And then, you know, in the secondary, yes, Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Hamilton can play in the slot. So maybe he stays there uh, with the presence of Marcus Williams. But Rocky Sin, they signed in like June and he's their number two corner. They're kind of question marks beyond that. Uh, my concern with Baltimore is, unlike Cleveland, I think the depth is a little bit scary. They're fragile. And if they lose a couple pieces, I think, you know, it could be a, not a catastrophe, but I think it could really hamstring them. Whereas Cleveland, I think because of last year, focused on, hey, if we lose a couple guys here and there, we can overcome it. Um, And I think Cincinnati also has been phenomenal in adding depth, drafting players at positions they're already good at so that they just don't have a drop-off. And I think they did a good job, again, of that this this offseason. It's a good point. And there's so much variance for the Ravens because of the um, what the offense is going to look like. You know, you just don't know there. And I could see a case to be made for, I mean, this is obviously going to be a competitive uh, division, but the the Ravens coming in, you know, last in this division, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. Just so much variance and the depth to your point. Um, it's hard to bet against John Harbaugh in those situations, but like, it's just, it, it's a very, very tricky one. The OBJ thing also adds more variance. You know, you know, he's going to get injured at some point. Um, it just feels that way. Although I think I mentioned this in the past, uh, OBJ and I use the same, uh, he's a spokesman now for the protein uh, supplement that I use. So I don't know if that means I'm about to get injured or he's about to get healthy, but um, you know, one of those things, uh, one of those things is destined to happen. Um, let's, let's talk about the Bengals a little bit here because they're, you, you know, they were a team that continued to dominate the, the off season. It feels like every year they're just kind of winning from, from the off season perspective. How does this, how do they not win the, the, the division? Like how, how is this team not dominant this year? It feels like Joe Burrows continue to get better. The defense is rock solid. Like Zach Taylor starting to figure out to throw the ball more. Like, like how does it not work out for them? Ignore, let's say, you know, removing injuries because an obvious answer. I, I do wonder if perhaps, so Lou Anarumo has been one of the best defensive coordinators in football. They do have a lot of talent, but maybe you would argue not like the best, the best talent standpoint, just, you know, it's a weak link system and they don't really have holes on this defensive unit and, and they've had relative health last year. The injury bug hit them a little bit, but I think for me, it's maybe teams and quarterbacks figuring out how to play in particular for me. The one that sticks out is Josh Allen when they would just drop eight against him and he he really didn't know what to do against it. I mean, he is you know, our leading passer against the blitz and against pressure each of the last two seasons. 
which just like should not happen. It's a very unstable statistic. But when you just don't you bring three rushes and just sit back, he, he tends to struggle as they did against the Bengals last year in one and a half football games. Um, I'm thinking Anarumo has been so good that I think some opposing AFC head coaches and offensive play callers are going to start saying, like, what is he doing that's giving us so many problems? How can we exploit it? Their secondary now is not, you know, there, there are some question marks or some guys they need to play good football that maybe haven't shown that much in the past um, or are coming off an injury. That, I think, for me, is the biggest one is just, you know, their, their defense gets more respect than it's had the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it's a, that's definitely a very good point. It'd be interesting to see, you know, how many people copycat that. It's obviously uh, very successful against the Bills. Um, we're going to talk about the the biggest um, weaknesses across each of these teams here in a second, um, in addition to the strengths we've covered. Uh, before we do, a uh, reminder, if you, and there's a lot of you out there, members of the printing press, who, um, you know, maybe parents, maybe dog parents, maybe new parents, uh, and your children, your family's well-being is probably your top priority, but you also want to spend time watching football in peace and quiet uh, with peace of mind this year. And so that means you need to make sure that all of your family stuff is on lockdown. And one of the ways to do that is by getting good term life insurance. And you can do so now without all the hassle and rigmarole that you would expect comes with it. Thanks to Fabric by Gerber Life. It's an app. You download it. You can go to the website um, and you can get yourself a great quote for uh, like nothing. No even investment of time. It's 10 minutes and you can get that um, delivered to you in a way that you can trust from a company you can trust. And you can all of a sudden get your family and your children in a great spot uh, and you can relax and watch some football. So here's what you do. You go to M-E-E-T fabric, F-A-B-R-I-C.com slash forecast and get yourself uh, a quote in under 10 minutes, a quote that you can trust. Uh, that is M-E-E-T fabric, F-A-B-R-I-C.com slash forecast. Uh, the policies are issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, so we just talked about, I think, our favorite um, bet, and, and you brought it up, which is the, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, a lot of things that kind of add up there, but let's go back to the Browns. I think the obvious answer here um, is one that I've made, but how does this, what's the biggest kind of weak spot? And what's the biggest strength? Let's go around the, the horn with each of these teams. Uh, and let's start with uh, let's start with the Browns. Yeah, I mean, the Browns is the rust and chemistry between Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson. And, and can they figure it out? You know, we talked with the defense. I think they've gotten much better. So, yeah, I, I think it's just the blending of two styles of a Stefanski wants the ball out quickly. Deshaun historically has had a above three second average time to throw. Um, it, it's a we it's oil and water. And I don't know if they can figure it out. We'll find out. That 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 was going to be mine as well, which is <laughs> the you know it, it's we believe in Stefanski. Um, what's another good example of this? Um, we believe in Sean Payton. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson may not work out, right? That 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 that, that could happen. Um, I think we generally trust in great quarterbacks to sort of figure it out, but I'm not sure Sean Watson is a great uh, quarterback. Um, the other th obviously they they are the Browns, but here is I think the biggest weak spot. If Amari Cooper gets hurt, Deshaun Watson is throwing to me and you out there. And that's not great. And in order to keep up with the Bengals, right, at the end of the day, you're going to have to score. And I think the biggest worry I would have is, you know, if Amari Cooper isn't firing on all cylinders, they're running the ball a ton. 
it's just going to be hard to score a ton of points uh, for the Browns. I think that's the biggest limitation. Let's go to the Baltimore Ravens. Biggest strength, biggest weakness. Strength for me is the additions in the, in the receiving core. I don't think we can understate, maybe not one in, individually, but not only adding Odell on his supplements that you take, but also bringing in Zay Flowers. And then Rashad Bateman was lost for the season, what, week three last year? Like you're basically adding him in too. So I think it's just all the weapons you add in on top of Mark Andrews. Um, I, I think you can now view that as the strength, you know, good offensive line. For me, I'll go back to it. I, I mean... I just need to see it from Justin Matabuike, Adafi Elway, David Ojabo obviously had the Achilles, but like this entire young defensive line just hasn't really proven much. Travis Jones, like maybe they will. Uh, I mean, the Ravens historically developed guys that spot, but it could be the downfall of this entire team. Yeah, I agree. I, here, I, honestly, the, the biggest weakness and their biggest strength is, is Lamar Jackson. And I mean that in like the best way possible, which is he can – if he gels with Todd Munkin, if Munkin kind of figures out how to get the most out of him, then there's no reason we can't see Lamar Jackson MVP this year. And I think that is, you know, kind of leaning into a bet that I may talk about here in a second. Um, but the downside of that is, I think, a pretty ugly one where I could see if it doesn't get off to a good start, it just not like really not working out. There's something about, you know, everything's all kind of good because Lamar got paid, but it is a totally new kind of way of doing things. And I feel like there may be, that may not work out. I'm not sold on the the, the communication between those, those guys is going to be great. So I think the ceiling is super high. I think the floor is pretty low, weirdly for a John Harbaugh team. Cincinnati Bengals, biggest strength, biggest weakness. The weapons in Cincy, um, you know, you're just not going to beat a trio of wide receivers like that. And I guess I'll sort of contradict myself. I do think if Irv Smith gets hurt at tight end, you basically don't have a tight end that that is a threat on the roster. You you retain Drew Sample, a guy they took in the second round a couple of years. That was one of the weirder second round picks in a long time, I guess, before they were elite at drafting. But um, if Irv Smith gets hurt, which he is unfortunately prone to do, you basically are going to have defenses just not even covering your tight end. And it, it changes the dynamic of your offense a little bit. Yeah, it's a really, really good point. Um, the you know the the biggest weakness that I see is honestly how full of themselves they seem to be. <laughs> um, I, I think that is their biggest weakness because you know you come in with this whole kind of like burrow head baloney, and you know you, you the the line is true. You come with the king, you best not miss, and they missed. Um, and to me, that is going to be. That, that's just going to be in the back of their minds. It's going to be in the back of, you know, they, they've got nothing to prove from winning the division. It's all about, can they beat the chiefs? And Joe Burrow was the best passer had the highest grade, I think highest EPA per play throwing quick last year. And I think the the biggest weakness is again, to, to borrow a page out of what I just said, like that could be their biggest strength because their offensive line stinks but it could be their biggest weakness because if teams catch on to that and every team is going to be watching, you know, them closely, what did they do? They beat the bills, all this stuff. Then all of a sudden it could be something that becomes a huge, uh, a huge challenge for them because teams look to kind of stop that. Now it's easier said than done with Higgins, Boyd and chase, obviously, but I think that's going to be, um, you know, a huge challenge. So really that offensive line, you know, not being good, um, and, and they, you know, got some pieces there. So it's a chance that it's average and it's average. I think they're, they're fine, 
But if it's really bad, teams may know how they beat them last year, and they may really work to, to fight against that. Let's talk about the Steelers now. Biggest strength, biggest weakness for the Steelers. Yeah, biggest weakness I'll start with is, is offensive coordinator Matt Canada. I mean, they were dead last in play action rate last year. They've been to the bottom last couple of years. I think they actually used a little bit more motion, but but still not a ton. Uh, and, and you just watch the offense. It's clunky. The plays don't really seem like they're sequenced. It's kind of just throwing darts at the wall. And yes, they had a rookie quarterback, but I, I really just 18 teams, I think the number was, maybe even more than that, changed offensive coordinators. I am not frankly sure how the Steelers aren't on that list with all due respect. Uh, uh, the strength, I think, for me is the defensive line. Are already a very, very good unit, and TJ Watt missed a bunch of time. You add Keanu Benson in the draft. Um, you have recent draft picks like DeMarvin Leal and other guys working their way into the fold. You retain Larry Ogunjobi. Cam Hayward is maybe the most underrated player of the last five-plus years. Um, I think this defensive line is going to take over games and single-handedly win some games uh, for the Steelers. Yeah, it's it's a good point. Um, I, I think the, the biggest strength, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, this surprise absolutely no one, is Mike Tomlin. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, there's, there's some good coaches in this division, obviously, but um, it's it's weird to say that because you it's hard to point to, like, one specific thing, right, with Mike Tomlin. But it is a, you know, we talk about, the, like, the Ravens culture and, and all the stuff, that the Steelers culture, as someone has tweeted this out before, where it's, like, the simple fact that um, – Mike Tomlin kept Antonio Brown like on the team performing well for like five plus seasons is, you know, insane. And, uh, you know, he did that. Um, so I think that's their biggest strength. The biggest weakness is uh, Kenny Pickett. And the, the reason it's the biggest weakness is in comparison to the quarterbacks at all of the other uh, on all of the other teams in this division. Um, he could be good. And he was good last year towards the end. He finished 18th in PFF graded 75 and a half. But if he does that again this year, then it's going to be the biggest delta between them and the rest of the other teams. And that's a fact because of how good the quarterbacks and the other teams in this division can be. Um, and it doesn't give him a chance to compete unless he can get himself up to being a top 10 quarterback. And I just don't, you know, I, I don't know uh, about that. Um, so I, I think that's their, um, their, their biggest weakness. Um, before we get to this next topic, I want to remind everyone that um, you, if you are out there and uh, you're thinking, man, doldrums of the offseason how do i you know how do i get involved in football go to DraftKings, DraftKings sportsbook which you know them for but they have a best ball tournament that they're running with 10 million dollars in guaranteed cash prizes and here's the great thing you can draft your heart away without worrying about having to manage these teams during the season because all you do is pick the players and then let them sit and they play the best players uh that, that score the most points each week so it's super easy to do, and it's great prep for your redraft leagues. And here's the best part. You use promo code PFF for your chance to uh, win a million-dollar top prize, and you get your first entry fee back in DraftKings dollars. It's promo code PFF when you sign up to play the best best ball contest in the land, the best ball millionaire contest. Promo code PFF, you get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars. Easy as that gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler, one customer, opt-in required with $10 entry fee. Bonus issued as 10 DK dollars. Agent eligibility research supply. Void board prohibited. See DraftKings.com slash promotions for details. And 714.23. All right, let's talk some bets. Favorite bet to make um, outside of the division one that we just talked uh, about within this division, Brad? What is it? 
Yeah, so I have two actually for both the Steelers. They, they were my Steelers bets, but I'll throw them in here. So uh, one is not trying to hate on the guy. I wrote an article already that, about him this offseason. That is Pittsburgh Steelers edge defender Alex Highsmith. He had 14 and a half sacks last year. His pass rush win rate of 11% was 62nd out of 79 edge rushers with at least 250 pass rush snaps. So he just had an uncharacteristically exorbitantly high sack you know, conversion rate. Um, that is not obviously a stable thing. It's probably not going to happen year over year. He certainly does benefit from Cam Hayward and TJ Watt chasing guys into his lap, but uh, I just don't see him repeating that number. Um, you look at the underlying numbers, they're not strong, so I think you get a good price at under 9.75 sacks is minus 120 on DraftKings, so I like that one. On the flip side, the over 825 and a half receiving yards for Deontay Johnson. Look, Chase Claypool, not that he was a superstar, but they did trade him away at the deadline, so I know they brought in Allen Robinson, but I think realistically, you know, there's maybe less competition or same competition for Johnson. All the dude got, does is go out there and get 150 targets in a season. Uh, he, he's topped this number two, I think, I think every year, the last three or four years. Um, He's just, it's like, he's not going to go for 1500 anytime soon, but he is a consistent, super high volume guy. He's going to have 10 catches for 80 yards, a bunch of games. Um, I like him to go over 825 and a half yards here. Yeah, I like both of those. I have a, I have a Steelers bet, ironically, here as well. And that is comeback player of the year. We've talked about this word a few times and DeMar Hamlin is minus 500. I get, I get it. But also, I could see a scenario where, you know, if he doesn't play, it's kind of a, you know, forgotten thing. And by the time the season ends, TJ Watt, on the other hand, we know is going to play. He's 35 to one. And when he is on the field, he is dominant. But here's the thing. I think it's going to be hard for him to win defensive player of the year. I think the edge defender um, you know, is such a talented group. I think Miles Garrett probably deserved it last year. Micah Parsons gets more airtime than any other defender on the planet. So it, it's going to be hard for him to win that. But he could put up a super impressive season. Um, he is a player that people do love because of the last name, right? So he's going to get some some shine. I think 35 to 1, you consider all the players ahead of him. The only one that really concerns me is Damar Hamlin. Everyone else that's ahead of him. Uh, you know, I just don't think it is is that worrisome. So I like TJ Watt, 35 to 1. Am I stupid for fading the like DeMar Hamlin prohibitive favorite to be comeback player of the year? I don't know. I mean, if he plays one snap, he probably wins it. But we talked about it on the pod. I, I think it's worth playing. And I do like the TJ Watt shout. I think people do forget. I put an article today, but from 2019 to 2021, so three years before last year, he had the most pressures and the most defensive stops of any edge rusher by, I think, more than 10 in both categories. Like he was he was absurd for three years uh, you know, before the injury last year. Yeah, he, he's been absurd. And when they when he has played, the team has also been a lot better. And people cite that stat a lot. Could see that you know uh showing up quite a bit um you know the other thing that he has going for him is you mentioned Deshaun Watson and his time to throw Lamar Jackson also historically has a very high time to throw Joe Burrow gets rid of the ball super quickly but having two players that you're facing twice a season uh each who hold on to the ball for a while you know that that adds up that gives you a lot more of an opportunity we talk about this all the time quarterbacks own so much of their pressure and sack rate because holding onto the ball is one of the biggest, if not the biggest determinant of, you know, can you get pressure? Um, can you get a sack? So I think he has that going for him. 
quite a bit. Um, speaking of Lamar Jackson, you know, he's 15 to one to win um, MVP. I think it's a shot that you might want to sprinkle on. I, I think the upside is just humongous. The downside is also massive. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I don't like betting on the Ravens just to like go over or under their win total. I think they're better if you're going to play like an alt. Um, so, you know, the, the flip side of that would be under seven and a half wins. It's plus 400. Um, you know, I hate fading the Ravens because of how good of an organization they are. Um, but I agree with you in terms of the, the, the volatility being super high here. Um, the other one that I'll mention, Amari Cooper over 950 and a half receiving yards. We talked about uh, the Browns a bunch and my kind of hypothesis there around Amari Cooper, how good he is against man coverage. He's going to be the only guy worth targeting in that passing game. They need to get their money's worth out of Sean Watson. He needs to throw the ball more. He needs to be more successful. He's got everything setting up for him to, to do that. And the relationship that I've seen uh, between him and Amari Cooper makes me think that, you know, it's gonna be one of the, he targeted the living crap out of DeAndre Hopkins, right? I see something very similar here, except honestly, Amari Cooper is a better separator. Um, so it, it should be something that he's able to win uh, with pretty significantly. Um, so the ones I like uh, of those, which one do you like best, Brad? Do you uh, with the vault playing the volatility of the Ravens of either going alt under or alt over? Um, I know Ben Brown likes their standard under, so maybe you get cheeky and and go with an alt and things just don't work out in the first year. But it, it is mm -hmm. a little bit scary with Harbaugh. But I, I agree that is how you should play that team. Yeah, um, I'm in agreement there. Okay, one of the things that we liked most about the uh, the first. Uh, division preview was a narrative that no one is talking about or that we're not talking enough about that we could see playing out in this division. I will let you go first. What's the undercover narrative uh, that maybe by the end of the season, we're going, duh, we should have seen this coming. Interesting. I mean, shoot, maybe it is, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are back and, and they figured it out. We get Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett. If they can figure things out and, and uh, Pat Frymuth was on uh, part of my take talking recently about how shrunken down the playbook is and how they did nothing last year and everything was kind of the same. If that changes, they quietly have a very, I think, good unit uh, on both sides of the football, and and maybe they just sneak their way. I don't know about division win, but I don't know, like 11, 11 wins and and get in as a wild card. Is is that the underrated narrative? Yeah, it's hard. I struggled with this because it's like you know it's a fairly well uh, frequently talked about division, and it's like kind of hard to find an area of these teams that that is sort of undercover. Um, you know, one that yeah. came to mind for me was quite frankly, was something that you talked about with the Browns earlier, which is just how I think impressive the defense and the defensive line in particular can be for that team. I think we were talking about it with the Steelers as we normally do. We talk about it with the Bengals because of the great job that they've done kind of building talent, uh, putting talent on that team. But I think that's that's the piece with the, the, the Browns that is really interesting. Miles um, Garrett was the highest graded edge defender last year, 92.5. Dude was an absolute maniac, complete savage. You look at the left tackles across this division, you're not scared of any of them. So, and certainly not if you're Miles Garrett. Regression with Denzel Ward. So here's the narrative that I don't think people are talking about that I could see happening, which is Deshaun Watson does not re return to being elite. He's actually more average, but somehow the Browns are playing, you know, the Bengals at the end of the season for a chance to, to win the division. 
um, because of, you know, the, the kind of uh, flip-flop that you uh, alluded to for, for what that defense could do. Um, the, the other narratives I just think are pretty straightforward, right? Like I think there's the Joe Burrow MVP narrative. Um, I, I think that has a you know great shot, chance of happening. I think Jamar Chase going off, T. Higgins being amazing, like all those things. People are even talking about the kind of Kenny Pickett stuff. Uh, obviously, we talked about the Ravens, uh, an absolute crap ton. Um, so this was really the only one I could come up with that like semi different, um, and uh, sadly feels very similar to my uh, one last week with the uh, uh, with the Dolphins. Although I liked your bet of Jalen Phillips more than uh, than anything that I could come up with here point though this is this division there isn't really a lot undercover like the Steelers are the least talked about team and they're one of like the you know the franchises that the country covers 24 7 so it's it's just out in the open yeah it's tough um speaking of being out in the open if you are out in the open Brad and it's summer so people you know might want to get out in the open um a well manicured uh body is important okay I've already already extolled the virtues of getting your daily protein in as uh as my guy uh uh, OBJ does, but you also don't want to have just, you know, body hair all over the place. Your facial hair is all out of whack. Don't do that to yourself. So go to our friends at Manscaped and get yourself groomed and ready for smooth sack summer. If you're not ready yet, I mean, there, you've got a few weeks here. Okay. You can still get it together. I still believe in you. Promo code PFF gets you 20% off plus free shipping. It's a really good deal. There are two Manscaped products that I use. I use the uh, the new kit, which is for the facial hair. Whether you have a beard, I don't really have a beard, Brad, but you and I both try to keep it, you know, tight with the facial hair. You need you still need some tooling. It's like I think you know underrated. You got to have some things that you know can keep the length right. You don't want to be dealing with seventy five different clip ons and all this crap. And you don't need to do that with Manscaped. There's one you adjust it. Super great product. Comes with all the beard oils if that's your thing. Um, even gives you some scissors uh, to to really get crazy with it. And then the lawnmower 4.0, which is for the body hair, um, it won't nick you. Super long battery life. You can travel with it without bringing a charger. Super durable, has a little light. You can use it in the shower. Great product. So PFF is the promo code, 20% off, plus free shipping. Get yourself uh, a little smooth sack summer. All right. Conspiracy. By the way, how'd I do there? How'd you like the, the transition? How'd I do the sell? Like it? The segues, you've been like your ears are perked when I'm talking, and, and I, I appreciate it because you're you're ready to pounce at a moment's notice. I mean, the uh, the six dongs in a row, the Mariah Mills special, nothing nothing's getting past you these days. Nothing nothing is getting past me today. Um, although hopefully hopefully uh, those come get past me if they, they come at me. Um, let's let's talk uh, about conspiracy corner. So this is a new segment that we've been doing. It took a couple of weeks off. We are back with a, uh, a betting conspiracy corner. Um, this is uh, kind of a twist on it. So how desperate are sports books for uh, people's money? This is a very good question. There's not a lot uh, to bet on. As we've talked about, we really want some people who can talk tennis. So we can bet on that. Bovada put up this market, which you found. Um, first country to find alien life. All right, here are the odds. The United States of America, our great country, 12 to 1. China, 15 to 1. India, Russia, also 15 to 1. Brazil, 18 to 1, as is Indonesia and Nigeria. North Korea, Pakistan are 20 to 1. Bangladesh, Japan, Mexico, and the Philippines are 30 to 1. And Switzerland is 40 to 1. First off, Brad, how in the living hell does anyone price 
this? What what are the mechanisms by which you are pricing this market? I think the the pricing, in my opinion, might actually be easier than your terms and conditions for how you cash the bet. So for pricing, I probably would just simply Google what percentage of the GDP or how much money does each country mm. invest in their NASA or NASA equivalent and probably just reverse price it that way. My question is, if Kim Jong-un gets at a, gets up to a podium and says that yeah. he found an alien, like, are, is Bovada sending me money or not? Like, that's that's what I want to know. That was my question. The fact that you could have like a nation on here where if they said something, you, you could put like odds that it's true and the odds would be very low uh, is, is extremely surprising to me. Quite frankly, I'm disappointed that the U.S. is only 12 to 1. That, that to me signifies a real lack of confidence in, in the country. Frankly, it has me worried about the entire... Yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to go fade the market now because it, <laughs> it, 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 um, 12 to 1 seems like a little lame. I kind of like 12 to 1. Like, I don't know. We have to have the most advanced stuff out there. Um, we've got to be in the driver's seat. We have like all of our billionaires, like every billionaire, except for the one who's like current, you know, desire is to like mis uh, displace Twitter. Every other one is trying to get to space. Um, I just saw something. I don't know if it's true or not, but some country, I won't name it not to shame anybody, but, um, claim that they could get to the sun and someone like responded with like, how could you like get anything on the sun? Like, it's very, very hot. I don't know if you know that. And the response was, well, we'll just go at night. There it is. There it is. Who's, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that wasn't the Twitter <laughs> guy. That was somebody else. Someone else. Uh, <laughs> someone else. Um, but that country, so I don't have a ton of faith in the space programs. So let me ask you this. What, if you had to bet one of these, um, what, like, what's the, what's the best value any, that are really overvalued in your opinion? Yeah, I think Japan 30 to 1 has is intriguing value there for sure. Um, and I guess now that we've mentioned him a couple of times, like does Elon claim South Africa? If he if he was an mm. Olympian, you know, when he fights Mark Zuckerberg, is he wearing, you know, some South African garb or does he describe himself as American at this point? I, that 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 is intriguing to me as well. The United States government spent almost 62 billion US dollars on its space programs in 2022, making it the country with the highest space expenditure in the world. The US was followed by China with government expenditure of space programs of almost 12 billion US dollars. So the US spent about six times as much as China. Their odds are basically the same. Japan was third in expenditure, which I think makes your bet very shrewd. Um, you know what I don't see on this list? North Korea. Um, don't don't see them there. Um, I think it's kind of ridiculous that, that, that they're that high. Like, can they even fly a plane? Um, like, legitimately curious. Like, how terrified would you be if you're like, yeah, this plane was built by North Korea? You get like a one in eight shot of making it uh, to your destination, um, even if your destination is like just the runway. Um, so, I'd rather fly Spirit, yeah. than, and that says yeah. a lot. I'd rather fly like holding on to the wing of a Spirit airline than yes. like first class in North Korea. Uh, <laughs> Um, Pakistan, Bangladesh, like what, in what world is that, is that even one that you're putting ahead? Pakistan has better odds than Japan. Like who built this market? I, I need to know. I think this is completely ridiculous. The U S is the best bet at 12 to one, um, just based on, on simple math, 62 billion U S dollars plus all of our billionaires with their like dick measuring contests, trying to get there. They're, we're going to land on some planet, meet some like weird looking thing. And um, we're going to call it an alien life form. 
Um, that That's another question that I have for you, Brad. How do we discover it? Does it come to earth or do we go to it? I think even though there have been a lot of UFO sightings and apparently alien sightings and whatnot, I, I think we find, I know apparently in Mars, we recently found, I think it's like a chemical compound or an element that is historically only associated with with, with mm-hmm. life forms. I, I think we're going to find there, we're going to go to their home base and maybe have a home and home. Yes, I agree. Everyone's Everyone's always wrong. Okay. The masses are always wrong. Everyone is so concerned about them coming to us. Okay. We're going to go, we're going to go find it. That's how it's going to happen. And it's going to be so disappointing. We have like all of these views of like how alien life forms like look and and like there's some sort of humanoid. It's going to be like a freaking, like it's going to be like a jellyfish, like on the ground. It's like, you know, talking in, I don't know, some weird, you know, it's like a, a jellyfish that barks like a dog or something like that. It's going to be super underwhelming and they're going to be like not impressive and there's going to be nothing to worry about. And it's going to be disappointing as hell. Thank you for joining Conspiracy Betting slash Science Corner with Brad and I. We'll be putting our, our class uh, on space exploration up on, on gumroad.com. You can go check it out. Uh, yeah, we'll be back with the AFC South uh, next time, which I think will actually be more interesting to talk about. I felt like the AFC North, a lot of kind of uh, has been just talked about so much. And some of these other divisions like AFC East was super interesting. I think the AFC South will actually uh, have some interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, we talked about Roy, Trevor Lawrence and um, maybe DeAndre Hopkins will sign with the Tennessee Titans by then, which, um, you know, is really just them capturing every kind of uh, semi-washed skill position player um, uh, that they possibly can. Yeah, so we probably covered this. Yeah. No, I was yeah, just going to say real quick, we're, we are a betting podcast. For some reason, DeAndre Hopkins went from like plus 500 to minus 300 to be a Titan. I'm sure we've discussed this podcast. Usually those odds are meaningless, but nevertheless, I did notice that. Oh, would you uh, would you say there's smoke where there's fire? I haven't been able to hear anything personally, but uh, I did notice. I did see that. We should see if Sham Sharania tweaks anything out. And, um, you know, that'll that'll be the the clue that we need. Um, there you go. If he, the, the Titans are like the last place he should go. That doesn't make any sense to me. He's almost better off just hanging out with the Cardinals and waiting for Caleb Lawrence. <laughs> Topic for next podcast. We'll be back on Sunday. We'll be giving out merch. So come hang out. We'll discuss in the Discord. You'll, you'll need to go to the Discord to be able to win some merch. So make sure you join uh, and then we'll uh, discuss how to do so within the Discord channel. There's a special uh, uh, message uh, board or whatever it is about that. Um, I'm not hip like the kids. Anyways, that's enough of me. Appreciate y'all. Love you. Peace.